Welcome to the Q4 Impact Podcast, where we challenge the cultural norms of aging through scripture, story, and conversation. Hi, everyone. My name is Susan Kultzelman, and I'm here with the founder of Q4 Impact, Ron Regan-Strife. Today, we're going to be tackling a topic that I confess for me has been a struggle throughout the years and sometimes still is. That topic is that of expectations. Ron, I loved how you started your blog by asking the question, so what do you expect? So would you please share a little bit about why you wanted to address this topic? It's something that I work my way through regularly in my life as one that is at this stage of life that has a marriage that's going on 50 years, that uh, is living inside a body that is past the 70-year mark, uh, having sons that are in their 40s and daughter-in-laws and grandkids and uh, watching life move forward, I oftentimes catch myself uh, being affected like the rest of us in the different kinds of experiences that you that that we all experience. We can't help tasting a little bit of everything in life, and so I have to I have to remind myself at times, what do I think this life should look like? Because oftentimes the circumstances that I find myself in are less than ideal. Yeah, and I think most of us could say that. I think before we go too much further in this conversation, I want to make sure we're defining what we mean by expectations. So in short, when we refer to them, it has to do with an expression of how we think life should be. And that can include everything from what we think we should or should not experience, as well as how we think we should be treated. Ron, I, again, want to reference your blog because in that you reference um, a link between our expectations and our theology of life. And when most of us think of theology, we think of the term in relation to God and his relation to the world. So help our listeners understand why you're connecting our theology of life with our expectations. I can't, I can't think of a way that we could define what our expectations should be if we don't have a reference point. And so um, I think most of our audience might say that their reference point is they, they believe there is a God and God has created the world and he's created us and there is a purpose behind our lives. And so to understand all of that is critical to create a, an accurate expectation. There's, there's so many different examples of, of what happens to us if we don't have an accurate expectation. And I could use something as silly as, a, as my golf game. If, if I go onto the golf course and think I'm Tiger Woods or some <laughs> great golfer, I'm going to get disappointed pretty quickly. <laughs> Oftentimes, Susan, on the very first shot, I think. <laughs> and so I have to look at 
the surroundings and I have to look at myself and I have to look at my uh, reality and say, let me go out today, play golf and have fun and enjoy and not be shocked by good shots that I hit or shocked by bad shots that, that I'll hit. So, so what is God, what part does God's play in our lives? Where, where is this? Where's the circumstance? What's the promise that we can, can base our lives on? What things can, are there guarantees that we have? And what is, you know, what's our expectation? What do we think is going to happen to us over the course of this 80 year, 90 year, 70 year, 60 year lifespan? And that question is worth asking. And I think that as we reflect upon it, and you referenced this, like most of us listening probably have a faith in the Lord because that is um, how we approach all of our conversations. But so often, even we as believers can get stuck. And I'll say this for myself, I can get stuck maybe in what I think or what I feel. And it is so necessary to have some absolutes. And so we at Q4 want to stress that for us, the absolutes are what scripture says. And that is always going to be the guideline upon which we want to have these conversations. And today specifically, what does scripture say about what we can expect? Yeah, you know, I think all of us, you wake up in the morning and if I was in charge, you know, I would get into my car I pull out of my driveway and every light would be green and no one would cut me off and I would just make the seven or eight mile trip to the office in five minutes, which is what it should take if there weren't, wasn't traffic or other cars. And of course, that's not going to happen and neither is a lot of other things going to not happen that if I maybe was in charge, I would want my grandchildren to win every athletic contest that they were in. And they would score goals and touchdowns, hit home runs, and 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 that's not going to happen. It's life doesn't work that way, and it's. I think it's really important for us because this isn't natural. We even had this conversation. Who has ever been asked the question, uh, so what is your expectation? What do you think your life should look like? No, Nobody asks me that question. I <laughs> ask myself the question, and I ask it because I, I know what the Word of God says, and I want my emotions and my feelings and my thoughts to align with the word of God. I know that on occasion, my grandson is going to score a touchdown, but I also know that he also will probably fumble a ball or miss a tackle. Or So I know my life is not going to go well all the time. So when I recognize that and the hard things happen to me, I won't just fall apart because I've what happened? I thought 
God loved me and I was going to have this life on earth that's full of success and victory and comfort and ease. It's not what the Bible says. No. And yet so many of us, and I have been in this camp as well, want to believe those things. And sometimes I've even said, sometimes I think it's easier for those that may not have their their lives grounded in the word of God to navigate all that a life can bring. Because as believers, we now have this tension between living in a world that is not our home, that is not where all of God's promises are promised to be fulfilled, and yet we're constantly called to hold to God's promises, to hold to his truths. We know his goodness. We So there's this tension of navigating these two pieces. What do you think about that, Ron, for believers, non-believers? It's delicate. And it, I think it really determines the kind of life that we wind up living. I, I've said this a number of times. I'm not worried about how well I will celebrate my successes. I, I think I'm, I'll be pretty good at that. What I'm worried about is what's my attitude going to be like when I face hardship. And that is, to me, by far, the most defining thing about my faith. It doesn't take much to, you know, be happy when something really good happens. Um, But when we're faced with a real struggle and a real challenge, when our friends face things, to be able to to have hope and to be positive, to be encouraging, to not let those circumstances kind of knock us off of our horse. Those are the people that I love to be around because they inspire me. They they inspire me. I don't know, maybe I'm, I feel like I'm getting at something that I've never said before, and I'm not sure if it's going to come out, but it's <laughs> you know something to the effect of, of the determining aspect of our lives is how we manage the disappointments. I don't know that there's anything else that defines us better than how we embrace the difficulties and the trials and the adversities. I agree with you, but I want to take us back a little bit to expectations because a lot of people hearing what you've just said, and we can't argue, yes, we live in a world where very, very difficult things happen continually, but our very nature doesn't want to look at life, like what is that saying, like with, like we tend to want to look at life through rose-colored glasses or to not look at it as a half glass full. And so there may be some listening, they're saying, okay, well, Ron, this is a very negative approach. Like we need to go out and expect the best. I wanna approach life with a positive attitude. So I know that's not what you're saying, but how do you blend that? Yeah, I wanna face life with a positive attitude. I want to, when my plane is delayed six hours in the airport, (laughs) <laughs> I want to face that with a positive attitude. And, and that's, t- 
to me what a positive attitude is. I don't need to worry about my attitude if I go to the gate and they tell me I've been moved up to first class. You know, I, I'm sure I'll do fine in that circumstance. But what if I had a first class ticket and there was a mistake and they wind up putting me back in the, in the back of the plane in a middle seat? What's my attitude going to be? Is someone going to be able to know that I'm a follower of Jesus? Am I going to honor God in the midst of something that I don't like? So it isn't negative. It's, It's positive. It's just identifying the facts that is we are going to have plane delays. People are going to crash into our cars. Our sprinklers are going to break. Our roof is going to leak. We're going to lose friends along the way. We're going to be mistreated at times. And those are the circumstances that, to me, define discipleship. And so I want to be prepared for that. I want to be almost practicing. I want to be aware of of that and and remind myself now ron today you know if so when something happens to me that i don't like lord help me to respond in a godly way and maybe that's the distinction because what what i think some people could misinterpret is feeling like you go to the airport to catch that flight and have the attitude huh well there's been so many storms, I'll probably not get on this flight, or it's going to be <laughs> so delayed, or I hope I don't get seated by someone that is not my favorite seatmate, or, you know, it's not this negative outlook to prepare yourself for the worst. It is an outlook grounded in faith of what this life is, but because of where our faith is grounded we have hope in the midst of those circumstances so that when they come we are not shaken we are not changed and that's what i think we're trying to get at it it really is it's it's expectations with our kids you know it's it's expectations with friendships it's expectations with fellow employees it's expectations about our health so that you know, right now I'm I'm, bal- I'm battling a physical problem, and it's limiting my exercise. And so, yeah, I'm 70. Like it's just it's just part of what's going to happen from time to time. So I don't want to get depressed because I'm facing a hardship. I want to try to figure out is there a solution, and yeah. and and pray and ask God to to mercifully help me to get through this ailment so I can do the things that I enjoy. Um, but I, I don't want to be depressed or disappointed or yeah. start having a bad attitude and complaining and, and just being negative. And I hear you saying you may not want to, and maybe it goes back to that, that first question. So what do we expect? Because I don't think if we're honest with ourselves, we go into life without an expectations. Maybe they haven't been defined, but no one gets married with an expectation that that marriage is going to bring trouble and heartache. Otherwise, no one would 
say I do. And so it still comes down to what are we going to believe about God? One of those first questions. And I will say for myself, <laughs> when expectations have been dashed, it would be unrealistic to not have the disappointment, to not face the depression, to not experience the pain, because it is an unmet desire. It is not what we ever hoped for, prayed for, worked for. And yet it's in those circumstances that if I am grounded in the goodness and sovereignty of God, two things that I do believe about God that scripture supports, that is what will in essence then lead me through those unmet expectations to even deeper faith and deeper trust in those traits of God's character. But I find in my life, I don't usually have one with the other. The majority of what shapes my expectations in reality has stemmed from what has been most unmet in what I'm I want glad. to afford. Yeah, I'm glad, and I think my our listening audience is very glad that I have a co-host to bring out <laughs> that very issue. That yes, we're I'm not. What I'm not saying is that we don't have disappointment or we we don't get sad when things happen to us that are sad, but that it yeah. doesn't overwhelm us. That it doesn't just take us out of the game. That it doesn't. Right. So impact our lives that, you know, we, we, we lose our sense of, of, of balance. So, um, yeah, it's a, it's, it's a delicate thing. You, you got to hold the fact that, that negative circumstances are part of life. And just because I'm preparing for them and talking about them doesn't mean that I'm negative. So, um, and those that know about... you know that you're not negative. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm not afraid to talk about the disappointments. Right. I'm not afraid to say, you know, chances are as I get older, something's going to happen to me that I'm not going to particularly like. And yeah. I'm not going to just on a, on a mini carpet, just float into heaven. You know, now maybe I will, you know, because some people do, a few people do, a but few. the vast majority have some level of, you know, painful part of the end of their life. So I, I don't want to plan on, on easy because I know if it's easy, I'll do fine. I want to so plan on hard. Yeah. On hard and hard is part of our lives here, but I don't want to get stuck there. I want us to focus now on what we can expect because there's the reality that we need to mm -hmm. be prepared for and be grounded in God's word in, but what can we expect, especially as believers in Christ? Yeah. See, there you go. Being a good co-host again. Um, <laughs> I think you and I would both say the same thing about that statement is that even when our lives are at its darkest. We have Jesus to walk with us through those difficulties. 
And oftentimes, the darker it gets, the closer he comes to us. And and that those are the things that we can rely on and count on, that no matter what I have to face, that the Lord is going to be with me. And there's a yeah. promise that, that no temptation, no trouble is going to come to me where his grace isn't going to be sufficient for me right. to walk through. And what I, a promise. An amazing promise. I think at this po- point of the conversation, we want to talk a little bit about Job's story. Mm. And, you know, he, he's the, the ultimate example of having both incredible success and blessing and significant heartache and difficulty. And out of that story has come promises and verses of scripture that really help shape my attitude, my expectations of life. So I think this might be a good place to put a comma. What do you think, Suze? We can certainly do that. I know we've been speaking already about 20 minutes, and we want people to stay fully engaged and tuned in. And this topic, Ron, it is, um, it has a lot of tentacles to it, and it's a, not an easy one to navigate. So yes, let's do that, because I want to make sure that we're able to wrap it up with leaving our listeners with hope and an expectation that is grounded in truth. So we are thankful that you've listened today. We hope we've gotten the juices flowing to begin to ask yourself two things. What have you been expecting? Because it's good to start with that question. And then secondly, what do you believe about God? Because that is going to be the starting point for how we move forward in navigating when our expectations are not met. Thank you so much, and we hope you'll tune in next week for what is going to be a part two on the topic of expectations. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Q4 Impact Podcast. Please make sure you're subscribed to this podcast on whatever platform you're listening on so you continue receiving encouragement and practical tips on how to live your fourth quarter continually impacting the world around you for Christ.